Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number eight of the Audible Farm podcast. I am your host, Peter Stockdale. Today is Thursday, November 8th, if you're listening on the day the podcast came out, because podcasts come out on Thursdays for us. And I've, I've done a pretty good job of getting them out there on Thursdays. I'm going to keep trying to do my best at getting them out there on Thursdays. Speaking of which, I had a podcast lined up for this week, and uh, we had to postpone it. So Nick came through, and uh, he came through in spades, let me tell you. We we sat down and had a great conversation. This week, I sat down with, with Nick Earhart from Riddled with Class. Uh, they are a cover band from the north-central Iowa area, but they have played shows around the Des Moines area and east and west and a little north of there as well. They do a pretty darn good job. Uh, we sit down and talk about... All sorts of things from uh, which kind of bass guitars he likes to use, uh, pedals. Uh, we even talk a little bit about what seems to be becoming a, a more of a common sight in Iowa. Maybe just social media brings out the awareness of it happening. But it seems like there's people that are uh, stealing gear. And we, we do make mention of that a little bit. But, I mean, our our conversation is all across the map here. I mean, we just keep talking and talking. And before before I knew it, I looked down and we had gone well over an hour. So I hope you enjoy this one because I really had a good time sitting down with Nick and uh, talking with him about all sorts of things. Because, believe it or not, we haven't ever really had too much time to sit down one-on-one and talk. And it was a great time. So uh, I'll definitely have him back on again because we, we covered a lot of ground, but we still left a lot of stones unturned. So... I'll have him back on again, but this is uh, episode number eight with Nicholas Earhart from Riddled with Class. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. Hey man, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Uh, good. I'm sitting down with Nick Earhart. Um, the two of us played a show together uh, in a band we called The Stockyard this summer at the Rock and Picnic in Humboldt, Iowa. Uh, Nick is a bassist in a handful of bands around the Humboldt area. He plays mostly with uh, Riddled with Class. They go by RWC or Riddled with Class. Uh, where'd you first start playing bass guitar? You know, I, I don't, it probably did start when I was younger. I remember kind of messing around and then I really didn't get serious about it until uh, Stubbs, Matt Stubbs, he was giving me crap about wanting to have me come in. They lost the bass player in uh, their band that they were in, the H-Town Hooligans. Yep. And he wanted me kind of to come in and, and fill in. And I was mainly sitting around my house just playing along to songs before that. But yeah. Um, H Town Hooligans played a lot of a lot of like cover songs though. Yep, there was a lot of covers. Um, they did have some originals though. Yep, there was ten, fifteen. Well, Billy had tons of originals. It all just kind of depends on what he wanted yep. to play that night. Yeah, Bill Lynn. Uh, he's kind of like one of those dark horses around the Humboldt area. He, he's really good at music, and he just never seems to have enough people to play with him. It, I think that usually just seems to be the issue. Is it's, it's tough to get a band in a small town like this. And, yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's always cranking out songs and riffs and things. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah he, so he's an excellent songwriter. Uh, he definitely has talent, and he just. It, we get some guys to sit around and, and and get that going. They're trying again, I hear too. Yeah. So yeah, I hope it hope it comes to fruition for sure. So you jumped in a little bit with the H Town Hooligans there. Uh, how long did you play with them? Do you think? 
Uh, it was probably a year total, I suppose. Um, at that point, Mike, who is a fantastic bass player, there were times I couldn't play shows, so Mike could play bass those nights. And then when I could play shows and Mike was there, he'd play guitar. We kind of almost alternated. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it wasn't a ton of shows, but it it was fun and it, it got my, uh, my feet wet, I guess, and yeah. uh, it got me excited about playing music. Yeah, you play a lot of the bars around the Humboldt area. Yeah, yeah. Well, in uh, H Town, we did a lot. Um, you know, hour sets mainly. Or, yep. And uh, my favorite one I did with those guys was Thorfest. Nick Rosendahl, oh, yeah. the drummer for uh, Cave Band and uh, uh, Planet Rock, and probably thirty other bands. Yeah. Yeah. He used to put on a big party over in Thor, and we had a good time playing that. Yeah, so. I remember going to a couple of those. I don't know if I ever saw H-Town Hooligans play at one, but I think that's sure. I think that's why I started going those because they played a show out there, and I didn't even yeah. know I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah, it's a hell of a party yeah. though. Like it's cool. Um, they haven't done it for a few years, but uh, for a guy throwing a party at his house, man, it was, it was a heck of a party. Yeah. But. Nick's got some connections. He can line up some entertainment. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah, I remember like going there and hearing somebody, uh, what was it? I think they did like uh, Shot in the Dark by Ozzy, and that was one of Nick's bands that he had, uh, Nick Rosendahl's bands. And, sure. And I was just like, holy cow, this is really good. Like, sure. And we're in like Thor, Iowa, and there's like nothing. There's like a church and a restaurant and like 30 houses, and yeah. that's all that's in the town. Yeah, it's a BYOB thing because otherwise you got to drive 20 minutes in any direction to get your own beer you yeah know, and i mean there's not run e- out there's not even a gas station in that no, town no. i mean there's an elevator <laughs> <laughs> small town iowa living but yeah i mean those are great shows i i've never got to play on one i kind of think it'd be fun to play on one but now they're not really like doing them so much anymore no, so it's no. uh they were, they were flashing the pan but they were fun while they last how many of those did they do do you know i i think i was at three or four separate ones i want to say it was like seven or eight Somewhere, uh, I moved about six months ago, but somewhere in a box in my basement, I have little Frisbees that we were supposed to toss out uh, that said the seventh annual Thor Fest. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. So yeah, they did like seven to 10 of those. That's sweet. I yeah. Made, I made it to like two or three. So Right on. Yeah. That's, that's good stuff. Uh, how did uh, the H-Town, your time with H-Town Hooligans, like how did you transition from there to being what riddled with classes now? So, um... Bill uh, was kind of the leader of H-Town. Um, he kind of, he got super busy. He worked for uh, a seed company over in, in Renwick, mm-hmm. another really small town. Yeah. And we kind of slowed way down. And then it got, you know, Mike wanted to play bass again. So Mike moved back into the bass role. And, yep. And I kind of just, uh, Bill had this idea to get uh, Jed Rastetter mm-hmm. and um, uh justin rasmussen yep uh uh matt stubbs and myself together and we would form like a side band and and that was riddled with class actually jed named it um yeah it kind of it started off you know slow and then bill just didn't have time for it so he kind of stepped out of the way and Mm -hmm. and uh that's when we brought in uh cody nielsen our helmet helmet we affectionately call him regionally known as helmet yeah and uh then we you know we we practiced for a long time we came up with a list of songs and i remember like struggling you know just to get 
an hour of music to go out and then we were going to go play at the afterlife, you yep. know, and, uh, and that, if it wasn't for the afterlife, I don't know if this band would ever really got going. Cause that was our chance to go out and, you know, instead of being like, Hey, now we play four hour shows yeah, and we pick and choose what we want to do in those four hour shows. Yeah. But in the beginning we were fighting tooth and nail just to come up with an hour of music, you know? And, yeah. I, it's tough, dude. Um, <laughs> I mean, like when we did the stockyard show, we only had to fill like a half an hour, forty five minutes, and we had like thirty five or forty tops. Yeah, like absolute absolutely. Tops. And so, yeah, it's tough even just bringing a whole hour together. Well, and at that point, there were, you know, Jed had never been in a band before. My band experience was pretty limited. I mean, I'd played with some guys over along the years, and I'd done a handful of shows, and then. H-Town Hooligans was really when I first got to, you know, we're gigging and yeah. stuff. Um, so we had some kind of inexperienced musicians at that point, too. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, and then trying to decide what kind of band you're going to be. That's is, huge, too. Yeah, it's and it's tough because, I mean, we all along the time, we kind of had a a path i guess or what we wanted to do yep. with our covers and and uh you know and then we strayed from that path here and there um, yep and yeah but yeah to have a place like that where you can go out and i mean they'll let you throw together an hour of music and go on stage and then you're playing with bands that are actually drawing crowds so you're getting in front of people oh yeah and that's the afterlife in Algona. What what's it called now? Life Lifers. Lifers, yep. Lifers in Algona. Christine Nelson and her husband own it, I believe. And uh, uh, well, I know Christine uh, pretty well. She's super nice. She's always got those like young or just starting off bands kind of in mind. It's a great yeah. place for them to go. So yeah, I went there and saw um, Eli Dykstra not too long ago. Holy cow! Uh, that kid. Is... I I love it man yeah. i love it it's so crazy um i mean just the whole fact that i like i bought his ep and his ep he played all the stuff on it he played the yeah. drums and everything like that's sweet i i totally dig on that i don't know why if it's like uh something that comes from the trent Reznor doing it all himself on nine sure. inch nails and sure. then i don't yeah. know if it's like a regional thing that people around here prefer to just do it all themselves or if it's just sure i mean maybe his is just isolation he's stuck out in north western iowa yeah. somewhere in a tiny town but they have him playing all over the all place now over he got hooked up with some people that were the right people for that dude to get hooked up with and like he, that's true though deserving eric deservingly from, so yep oh absolutely eric davidson from uh dead horse trauma yep. and he he brings them out to those shows and I don't know if you've seen Dead Horse yep. Trauma, but holy cow, yeah. you know. And yeah, they, I put on a show. They draw a hell of a crowd. Every, well, they play everywhere, you know. They're all over the United States. They're, uh, <laughs> that's my dog moaning <laughs> at the door. Uh, and then they were in Europe earlier yeah. this year, yeah. Yeah, from what I could tell online, just based on, like, the buzz, they're, like, even bigger in Europe than they are over here. Because over here, they're um, one of those bands that's not going to get mentioned in the top-tier band list, but they're always supporting the top-tier bands. Absolutely. And over there, I, I guess, like, it's just one of those deals. You go over to Europe, and the bands that are just below the top tier are huge in Europe, it yeah. seems like. It, it, it is weird. Like, there's bands that... I've always liked them. I'm like, man, this band's great. And they're like, in Europe, they're huge. And I feel like I'm like uh, into this underground thing. And it's like yep. everybody over there is like, what the hell are you talking about? We've known about them for years. Yeah, they've been playing know? festivals here for five years, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, man. 
and I met Eric. Funny story. I met him years and years ago. He was roommates with Jeremy Hansen, a kid I went to school with here in Humboldt mm-hmm. at Iowa State University. Oh, no way. And so, yeah, it's a very, very small world, you know. That's and, wild. Yeah. That's it, really cool. It's just weird how those – how the. And I, I think you're a musician. I'm a musician. You know how small the community really is. It's, I mean, it's wild how small yeah. it is, dude. Um, like, like my favorite thing is getting friend requests from people on Facebook, and you're like, I have no clue who this guy is, but he's got a guitar in his hand. And then you click on it. Oh, I got 16 people in common with this. Guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Neat. And I, Facebook's awesome for that too. Like uh, the social network, or the social networks really seem to. You know, like if something happens and and you want to play in a band, you know, anymore, like sit at home, practice it, talk to these people on social media, and you'll have a band. In yeah, no time, no time at all. Yeah, there's a couple uh, Facebook groups for people hunting for musicians to play with, and I see that lighten up all the time. Yeah. And it's and it sucks because I'm so busy and I just want to hit up so many people because one is just like I want someone to play cajon in a folk band, and I was like, dude, I got, I got a cajon, I want to do this so bad. Sweet, yeah. It, but it's like I don't want to drive to like you know wherever it was, Atama or Oskaloosa. It's like somewhere down in the south quadrant of well, Iowa. You're like, all over the place yeah. already, anyway. <laughs> like I, I, my guys are in Manson and Rockwell City and. And that's not too far, but yeah, we, I, it's, uh, it's amazing how small it is though, yeah, you know, and it's just, and it's awesome because musicians are some of the best people I've ever met in my life. They all kind of have, um, there's definitely different personalities, yeah. but you usually, at least you got something to talk about with exactly. them right, when you meet them and yeah. stuff, so yeah, I haven't run too short of things to talk about with uh, musicians uh, just on the podcast, just for that simple fact that, Absolutely. you know, like you can have the same conversation that you would with somebody else with a different musician, and it's a completely different conversation yeah. even just starting off in the same spot. Because, I don't know, most of these podcasts start off in the same spot, like, how'd you start playing music? And now, yeah. and then all of a sudden we're at this weird, crazy spot. Yeah. So, like, you play with uh, Riddle with Class, you kind of start... Um, you kind of get a little feel for what you're going for. What was exactly when you guys first started booking gigs, what was the feel you were going for? Like, were you trying to cover a certain set of songs or were like, were you trying to get like a, like an, I don't know, some, some cover bands, like we're going to go for eighties rock and seventies rock, you know? And like other cover bands are like, we're going to go for pop punk only, you know, or like what, what was your guys's main go-to? Uh, we wanted to play stuff we thought was cool, I guess. And in the beginning, there were there was a lot of you know uh, desire to do some original stuff too, which uh, I mean I I don't discount that at all. I think the reason we're not doing originals now is because none of us we all suck at writing songs, you know. But and it's tough, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, in in the patience with it, um, it was always kind of we wanted it to be. We didn't saucy jack is awesome man oh, yeah. you know like that you go see them and you're like holy cow you know exactly and then but like if we're gonna sit around and play acdc songs and leonard skinner songs and stuff we're, we're not gonna sound as good as those guys yeah. <laughs> like there's exactly. just no way so we had to do something different and that kind of it all kind of stems from like 90s alternative which is to me that that's probably my favorite decade of music i guess you know the yeah, it seemed it, it seemed like a lot of you guys that was most your preferred choice, sure. choice in music sure. for the most part, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, like Nirvana, and I'm a diehard Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Yeah, you know, uh, 
being a bass player, Flea was definitely an inspiration there. Um, I just we but we wanted to be fun and we wanted to be, you know, the band that a party band. You know, we didn't yeah. want to be too serious. We didn't want to take ourselves too serious either. Exactly. And it got. I mean. Yeah, it was it was fun, and it took a little while to get our. I remember our first four hour show, we played the same two hour set twice. Yeah, and well, that was that was interesting, you know. But it works out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I I think the benefit of you guys playing some of I don't want to call it like your generation's music because our generations are pretty close. We're only like sure. two, three, four years apart, something like that. Sure. Yeah. But uh, um. I mean, I grew up on punk music, and and let's say like uh, like you said, your Nirvanas and your like I just call it the MTV music era is what sure, I is what sure, I just when referred. they actually had music yeah when they there. actually had yeah. music videos on there and stuff like all that music just seemed to be what like you and all of our friends around the Humboldt area kind of listened to, and the benefit of that was when your band would go out and play these shows, you'd play at a bar that was semi local, all yeah. your friends would come out to see you. And they're like, dude, these are all our favorite songs. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. this is sweet. So yeah. so you ended up with this uh almost like a built-in audience like when you guys started and that that was pretty awesome yeah and it i mean and it's changed a little bit over time it definitely um, has bringing in you know new guys commitments change and stuff like that mm-hmm. and jobs you know and that that's the other thing I, I think a lot of people who aren't musicians don't understand is how hard it is to hold together a band sometimes because yeah. yeah i mean it, it's a hobby that yeah, you can go out and you can make some extra money at, but mm-hmm. like, for you know, everybody's got to deal with their real life all day, every day, exactly, and uh, and so that gets tough. So things kind of changed over time here too. And Levi joined. Yep, Le- Levi is Levi's a freaking rock star. Like yeah. that dude's a stud. Yeah, um, I, I wonder if he knows it sometimes. Yeah, he's very unassuming. You know, like exactly. when, he's just always like, "Hey, what's up, buddy?" Yeah, you know, but. Yeah. He, I don't know, him and I started working together at Ford Dodge Ford. That's cool. And then one day he was like, we were down at uh, Toyota training in Des Moines, and we were with uh, Tracy Ernst, another local musician. Nice. He, played with, uh, he plays with Scotty Rockstar on Plugged. Oh, cool. And then he does, uh, he was in Highway 7, too, the All band. Right. And so, of course, when we get lunch, we're in Des Moines, we're like, let's go to pro music. You yep. know, like, let's get the hell out of here. Yep. And I could hear Levi downstairs playing a guitar. And I don't know. The Pro Music Center is awesome. If you haven't been there, you yeah, that's, absolutely. That's the have one that's got go. the upstairs with the yep. bass stuff. Oh. Yep. And they got that lounge area in the back upstairs. Yep. Dude, that place is sweet. Yeah. And the people that work there are awesome. Oh, they're you know? so good. And so I could hear Levi playing this song downstairs. And I can't even remember what it was, but I was like, hey, I know that song. So I plug in a bass and I'm playing it upstairs. <laughs> and then he was like, man, I should come out and in practice with you and he was in a band called foreplay at the time and they did uh like mostly like country pop and classic rock you know yep and he he came out and started jamming with us and i remember Stubbs was playing drums at the time Mm -hmm. and Stubbs just kept bugging him until he agreed to join the band (laughs) (laughs) and and then yeah we've had him since and then uh greg and jake merritt joined about uh a year and a, two years ago, year and a half ago, it's yeah. been a little bit, and we got we got a good little lineup now. Yeah, I was gonna say, usually when you fire on all cylinders, it's kind of crazy how fast time goes oh, by. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. oh man, we've been heck, we've been rock. How many shows did we do this year? Yeah, you know, like yeah, last year was one of those 
thirty some shows. You yeah. Know, and, and then this this month we're heating up. You yeah. Know, and uh, I share Jake and Greg Merritt with uh, the Jay Clyde band. Okay. Uh, I don't. Have you ever seen Jay nope. Clyde? Uh, they're country, southern rock kind of. All right. Holy cow! Yeah. Like it is. It is beautiful. It is very well. Uh, it, it's it's amazing what they do. Um, I, we were last year we played New Year's with them, and I'm sitting there, and I you know I had a couple of drinks, and I'm watching my guys play with their band, you know that they've been in for seven eight years now. Jeez. And I was just like. I, I can't believe I'm in a band with these dudes, you know. And so they're Jake's phenomenal drummer. Uh, Greg plays bass, and Jake Clive. I made him switch to guitar because I don't know how to play guitar. And uh, yeah, when we rounded it all out, it's 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 amazing, and I'm sure you've experienced it too. Where like all of a sudden, like when you're playing together for a little bit, you're like, "Hey, we should do this," and then bang, you you can do it a yeah. week later. You yeah, know? exactly. And, I. Uh... I always feel like that's something pretty easy if you just uh, get everyone on the same page. Yeah. And then as long as – I think we've talked about this in a couple other podcasts, but if you can get, like, your rhythmic patterns down as a band, I guess, like, uh, sometimes when you get, like, a new drummer and it throws things off, or if you get a new bassist, it'll throw things off, or a new guitarist, and it's just the sure. whole fact that it's, like, a new piece of the puzzle. Sure. But once you guys all get used to kind of, like, fitting together, once you throw a new song in there, it doesn't take nearly as long as you think it does yeah. to get the song to come out. It's like that that uh, that thing from Wayne's World, you know, like put on a new pair of underwear and at first you know they're they're tight and constricting but after a while it's like it becomes a part of it you, becomes you know? a part of you <laughs> yeah it's uh well and that was something even with uh the the thing we did with the stockyard yeah it, it was probably the third or fourth practice where i was like holy cow this is gonna work yeah you know like yeah. it just yeah the just first boom. couple practices it was like man did we get into something deep yeah and then all of a sudden like yeah like exactly like you well, said yeah. third practice it was like Okay. Man, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We should almost add another song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and apparently, we should have. We should have. Like, yeah, like, yeah. We ended up just playing uh, an Almond Brothers tune at the end. I had to let Debo sing it. Oh uh, yeah, it, dude. Debo can sing too. Like that. That was that was a cool experience too. That was a little out of my wheelhouse, you yeah. know. Um, it, but like it was, it was, it was fun and the rock and picnic you know it's humble we're Dude. all us from humble yeah so like some of the people that listen to your podcast they're probably like what the hell are they talking about yeah but the rock and picnic is like if you're from humble and you're a musician that's like the one thing that you know you want to play every year you know yeah. like and exactly and they they very rarely ever let you play every year <laughs> yeah exactly and i i was lucky enough to get asked two years in a row to, yeah. to you know play at the very beginning of the show um when the crowd starts gathering in and and even when you say when the crowd starts gathering when we some of them people have been there since thursday yeah too, and, like, and, and we yeah. showed up and it's we played we were the second band um uh, I gotta throw a shout out to Dawn Patrol because I missed their name when I talked about sure. uh, who opened up for us with uh, Dan Blair's podcast. But Dawn Patrol opened up for us; they killed it. And then we go on, and there's like 200 people there. Yeah, I mean, some yeah. of them are still camping and stuff, but like, I don't know. It's well, a- and there's so many more that you don't see because there, there's like campers surrounding the whole thing, you know. Yep. And, they're, and they're just like, well, I'm, I can hear. I'm gonna yeah. sit here. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's people that sit by their cars and hang yeah. out and stuff too, and hanging out by the boat docks or whatever yeah we're just walking around because man you can hear that everywhere like i mean after we got done playing i had to go home and shower and i came back yeah. and i was i Me got too. out of, i got out of the shower and i was like i can hear that thing going it's like a mile and a half away yeah <laughs> that uh 
that the Dawn Patrol, they were like that was their first ever gig, I think. Yep. And uh, I got to fill in with them, and then I, I played the songs I sort of knew on bass. You know, it, that's like you were talking about too. Like I can know how to play this song, but I don't know how to play this song with Pete necessarily. Yeah, you know, exactly. but they they were uh, they had a good good thing going and then i just stayed out of their way on the stuff that was way above my head you know yeah. like they're like we're gonna do a roy orbison song i was like i'll be standing in the back waiting for you guys to get done <laughs> that is pretty sweet though to be like uh like i don't know musicians aren't and there's not like a ton of them around here we no. do have some but there sure. are there's not a ton and then they show up and they had everyone they had a guitarist a drummer who had been playing for three days and yep. and killed it for three days worth yeah. of playing i mean it was oh ins- yeah like insane yeah and then there's singer who was like another one of those guys who's just like you're gonna I sing think, and oh, then he we- sings and it's like holy cow this yeah. guy's really good he's got that some pipes on really him. sing yeah and and so it's kind of crazy they show up um we set up our stage at the same time and we're on one side and they're on the other and they're like oh you play bass and you're just like yeah and then you start playing along with some of their songs and they're like oh, we don't have a bassist you just want to like play <laughs> with us yeah and it's like super sweet that it's like holy cow like you just show up and you didn't even know you're gonna do another gig and you got you got another gig man yeah yeah it was fun uh yeah i don't know i so levi and i um as i said we shared jake and greg with uh jay clyde band and this year jay clyde band got got busy again you know like yep. they kind of tend to do and and we're not really the kind of guys that are gonna sit around on our laurels you know so yeah. levi levi used to play with chad mcdermott He's a guy from Breda, Iowa. He's a keyboard player, plays guitar, he sings, he plays harmonica. There's probably a didgeridoo somewhere in there, you know, <laughs> like that dude. You put something in front of him, he can play it, you yeah. know. And so you go out, and we did this thing called Friend of a Friend with uh, Marcus Anderson. He played drums yeah. for Brutal Republic for a little while. Okay. And I think he was in a couple other bands before that. I've, I've known the guy kind of in passing forever, but... Uh, Anyway, like we go out and we do these shows and we like come up with this list and then you're playing and, and Chad's got an iPad in front of him, you know, and he's like, what about yep. this? And so he'll just, he'll just go to it, you know, and then all of a sudden it's, it's like terrifying and exciting at the same time. And I yep. remember we played a, a show over by Brita and he was like, we're going to do this. And I was like, I've never played that in my life. I have no <laughs> idea. And he's like, well, you'll get it, you know, and. <laughs> I think that's one of the things when you start feeling comfortable with what you're doing. It's not as I mean, obviously, you know, if you ask me to play a Garth Brooks tune, I'm not going to be able to play that the same way I can play a Sublime song or something, you mm-hmm. know, something that I'll actually. But yeah, I, I guess I'm not scared of it anymore, <laughs> you yeah. know. But and that's just one of those crazy things where, like, when I realized I could kind of learn a song i wouldn't say quickly but like you just look up the tabs and you're like i know this song in an afternoon easy yep. pie, easy pie uh when i started realizing that and i started studying a little bit of music theory and i was like oh even if i don't know a song i can figure out what key it's in and play along anyways sure. and then i was just like man i don't even i'm not scared at all to try and tackle this and that's yeah. what i that's what i wanted to do like all right we're bringing in more people than just me and dan into, sure. into the show this year so that's when i was like all right we got to get got to get a real a real drummer and a real bassist and and heck you're seasoned well enough now traveling around playing how many shows do you play every year i don't know um as many as we can like uh last year i paid off my harley playing shows <laughs> oh which, that's that's pretty cool and then, uh, i try to like uh I, we just bought this house and the money goes towards the house when we play and yeah i don't know it's yeah we i think we did 30 something close to 40 last year and this year 
probably right around 30. I mean, I got seven gigs and then or seven gigs over th- the 30-day period here. So. Jeez. So you're doing at least a show. Like you're doing like a show every other week. At least. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, we've had a couple of breaks. Last year, uh, Levi became a dad. You nice. Know, and so Congrats, Levi. We were like, yeah, let's, let's just take a minute, let him hang out, you know. And yeah. so we played a Halloween show last year, and then we didn't play till New Year's. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, next year, Greg's getting married. Cool. Um, and that that's cool, too. Like, I think that's something that people, I mean, I know everybody's got friends and stuff, you know, but people that are in bands, like, you get to see, like, it, it's a it's a different kind of friendship, you know? Exactly. Like, you're, you're in business together, I guess, in a it, way, but. It's somewhat like a coworker relationship, but not so much in the fact that you're both th- you're not both there to do a mundane job getting paid a uh, random just paycheck. You're not like a number. Um, yeah. You guys are actually there both out of something that interests you. It's sure. a hobby slash business, like you said. And then you get to see these people uh, live their lives, and it's different than the way you would live your life. And you don't have enough interaction with them to uh, be like a friend with them because I feel like a lot of people have friends that are a lot like them. Yeah. And then if you get like in a band together, it's like, well, I'm just gonna have to get used to these people being different than my normal scope of friends. And then you get to see like, oh man, this guy's getting married. Cool. You know, sure. like, this guy had a kid. That's sweet as you know, like sure. And like in that that it's like with us though, like so you know, for a long time, RWC was all dudes from Humboldt. You know that yep. I grew up with and mm-hmm. stuff. And like as they kind of. They, their priorities changed, you know, and stuff. Uh, yeah. Mine never did. I mean, you know, yeah. I, this is what I love to do. And so, uh, you know, we, we had uh, Levi, and then it was me, Levi, and Stubbs there for a little bit. And then mm-hmm. we ended up, uh, Stubbs couldn't play anymore, so we ended up getting Jake to play drums, you know. And, yeah. And Greg, and at first I was like, this is going to be weird, you know, because this has always been a group of my buddies, you know. Yep. And then... You know, we're on the way home from the first show we play with Craig and Jake, and we're farting in the van and laughing about it, you know, or whatever. And, and unfortunately, Libby lives with the van farts and all that stuff. Oh, but, yeah. you know, bless, like, bless her heart. Yeah, we just, we kind of, it, it didn't take long, you know, and it was just there. Yeah. And I don't know. I, th- I think some of that comes from, you know, even the type of music we play, you know, where now it's, different because you got levi who's like there's times i got i would get in levi's truck when we work together and mm-hmm. we're at lunch and he's listening to like rah, 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 you know like heavy heavy metal. <laughs> yep. i'm like holy cow dude what are you listening to <laughs> and then but we all have that same background you know where like uh foo fighters is probably a big band for our yep. band um yep. uh we i think we do three or four foo fighters tunes yeah like blank and we can find yep. common ground in that stuff but then like there's the pop punk yeah which, dude i totally dig the fact that you guys do pop punk like i, like I love pop punk. and stuff yeah because like, i i've always wanted to start a pop punk cover band it's cause fun because I, I feel like the area would need it but you can't have a pop punk cover band going four hours no you'd be, no. You'd be playing like 120 130 songs in a night, <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> yeah i see i kind of have that thing where i'd love to like just put together one that's all pop punk and play for like an hour yeah at places. i don't know where the hell you can go play for an hour every time now you know but i don't you know either i do 
lifers, you know, or something every now and then. Yeah, but Coke, Coke's a bigger cover band like you guys to just give up an hour. But yeah. even then, it's just like, hey, you guys want to give up some money so I can have some fun? And it's like, no. Like, yeah. I mean, I totally get it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's tough to just squeeze in on there with just a little bit of a set. But there's like so much stuff even in that that like you could do, you know, like because you could do like some of the pop ghost punk stuff, which we've kind of yeah. done some of that, you know, like we... We've had our own spin. We used to do uh, a Paul Abdul song, uh, Straight Up, yep. you know, and yeah. then we'd do, uh, uh, we still do Royals by Lord. Yep. Because for some reason, we can't let that damn song die. I <laughs> wanted to stop playing it three years ago. But, oh, man. But it goes over well. And But, like, you could do that. I love, like, Alkaline Trio. That's mm-hmm. I don't know if they're even really pop punk. They're kind of on that cusp between pop punk and emo, you know? Yeah. It's, they're probably more emo. People it's, would probably get mad if, if we said that. But, yeah, that's yeah, where, where I'd categorize it. Somewhere in the screamo-ish. And it's not even screaming. So no. It's, just, it's, it's you know. like dark emo, you know, yeah. kind of. But, like, at the same time, like, those bass lines, like Dan, Dan Adario, the bass player, like, the, that that's – those are – pop punk bass lines yeah. you know like and, and and then matt skiba plays with blink 182 now you know yeah. so i don't know but it's stuff like that or like even like some of the newer stuff like i like neck deep i don't know if you know that band nope. at all but pop punk band i, I can't let it die i'm in my mid 30s <laughs> i'm still listening to the same stuff i did in high school but uh you ever heard of tv cop I've heard of them. Yeah, yep. I've I've been singing their praises for a while. I played a couple of shows with them. The last podcast was actually with the guy that used to play drums with them, and now he plays guitar with them. Right on. But uh, their first uh, EP effort they recorded, they had a singer that played trombone also, so they had really? this like kind of less than Jake-ish feel. Yeah, like and, a ska and band-ish a type little, thing? A little bit. It's not quite ska, because there's no like... Mm, yeah, they don't have like the skanking rhythms no, or anything. But it's but it's still got that pop-punk feel. They, they sure. call it up. What is it? Uh, Midwest Power Pop, I think sure. is what they call it. So cool. it's like uh, it's got this kind of fun feel to it. I I definitely just I don't know if you got you use Spotify maybe yeah 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 they're on Spotify. So, cool, I'll so check it's it totally out. Totally worth a worth a look. I always like listening to like area bands too, you know, and that that's something doing the cover band thing. Um, I know there's like this separation sometimes where people are like, I don't like cover bands, you know. I'm sorry, man. You know, yeah, but too bad. <laughs> I, I like your band. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's definitely a place for cover bands, though. Absolutely. Because, like, I mean, not... I, I, I just hate to say it, but, like, a small-town Humboldt, you're not going to be bringing in bands from all across the state to come in and play. I just don't think you have the interest from the town. But if you have a cover band come in, the bar's packed. Sure. And so, like, it's just what the area... And, I mean, I, I've seen, you know, I went up uh, the poorhouse here in town. They they try to be really good with musicians, you yeah. know. And they had a night, and unfortunately, rain just murdered that night. But uh, Shane and Gear Down... Yep. They they played up there and they they had a good crowd. It's just hard to it's hard to market it because I think a lot of people do like to hear songs they they want it they know yeah. Whereas like Des Moines, you have a more d- diverse audience, you know, or Ames yeah. even yeah. Um, and it might be it it might be easier to like catch on there. It's probably easier to fail there too. So I don't know what I'm talking about really, yeah, I, but I don't know. Um, it is kind of crazy. Cause like some places in Des Moines, it seems like they'll let pretty much, and I'm not going to say anybody take the stage, but you gotta sure. be 
like at least a little bit established to take a stage and they're, sure. they're cool with it but like up here it seems like pulling teeth trying to get and i mean like i'm in a punk band that has you know bong hit and fart jokes for like half the songs it's pretty and, enjoyable and, and though so i've it, seen three dude, finger betting dude it's it's funny i i get a, i get a kick out of playing it but it's tough when you're just like these are our songs and they're like uh yeah hmm. like okay that's like, that is another nice thing about being in a cover band is very rarely am i asked to release a set list before a show you know yeah like, are your songs safer and it's like I mean, yeah, if they're not, I'll change them, you know? Yeah, yeah, and we tried it, like, this year we did a couple, or really only one, like, street dance, you know? Mm -hmm. And we were like, all right, we're not going to cover Killing in the Name of by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, probably not. Like, downtown Lytton is not going to appreciate that, you know? Exactly. And then we almost did that damn song because the the, the response we got, you know? Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. Like, and then I think when you're doing your own thing, like, yeah, you you definitely have like, this is what we're doing. This is our style, you know. Exactly. And, and I think cover band, it's easier to switch it up a little bit, anyway. But yeah, I mean, the benefit of doing like Betty is when you show up places, it's like, dude, y'all know what you signed up for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and most yeah. and most of the time, like, I God, I I almost just hate to call it out, but our favorite our most famous song that we have that we've released like it's gotten most listens on like everywhere we've released it is too fat to fuck yeah and it's like my least favorite song to play but everyone's just like this song is awesome and so you get that like punk feel of a song that is just (laughs) totally nonsensical lyrics and everyone just loves they dancing all over the place and it's like all right i guess like i mean it's what everybody loves and it's tough to just be like to call up a small town bar and be like, can I come and play too fat to fuck at your bar? <laughs> sure, and yeah. they're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But, but I mean, like you got to check it out online. Like um, if you're just listening to it based on my description of it now, <laughs> three finger Betty doesn't sound like a very good band. Check it out online. There's plenty of videos. I've seen three finger Betty. They're, they're a good band. Yeah. I, uh, it's crazy. Cause I feel like I always sign up with bands and I end up being the least talented musician in the band by hook or crook every time. That's, that's my life. I and, just, I just own all the crap so they can't fire me, you know? Like. <laughs> that's, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of, that's why I tried to make myself worthwhile. I started like the YouTube pages for like a uh, three finger Betty. I started like audible farm, started sure. recording stuff. Like oh, I got a podcast. Don't kick me out of the band. Drag me around <laughs> sure, so I can sure. talk to people. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. No, you but- said something there earlier that I just want to say. I feel like if you've never said, well, they know what they signed up for, then you're not doing things as hard as you want them <laughs> yeah, to be you know like. exactly and it's not like we're going places and playing horrible shows because to be honest like the first year i ever got asked to do the rock and picnic they asked me to come up with three finger betty oh really and i was just like i i hate to say it but i i don't think we can do it just for the sure. simple fact that it's not gonna it's sure. not a fit it's not a good fit we might have fit in on a friday night sure but it's not a saturday afternoon when people's kids are there at a bag tournament sure and there's like barbecue going sure. on and like uh no like we're not gonna come out here and yell a bunch of profanity in people's faces sure, like sure and i don't and it's not that i i wouldn't but it's not proper for the time and area and the show and stuff sure. like that so that's when i was just like all right blues we're doing blues then i'm, sure. st- I'm still gonna do a show and and so like i don't know i dig doing the betty stuff and it's not like we're trying to like offend anybody or do anything You're just like trying that. to have fun though and dude and- just having a blast playing music and there's definitely an element you know there's room for a little bit of comedy and laughing you know in music and i I feel like that's something that gets overlooked a lot so many people take 
We used to do Peaches by the President of the United yeah. States of America. Stupid song. Stupid song. And we do Creep by Radiohead. And that's a beautiful song. And <laughs> it means something more than my dumb brain can comprehend. But, like, it, it just, I think too many people take themselves too seriously, you know? And, exactly. But, like, it, you also have to know, you know, what you can and can't do yeah. by what venue you're at. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean,. But like saying that, like we this last year we got you know we did that we did a street dance we played a bait a bait yeah. you can do whatever you want yeah. you know like gosh that's that's got to be a hell of a show how many people were at that you think uh, I don't know it's hard to say we were the very first band it was our very first opportunity to mm-hmm. go there um, we kind of it sounds like maybe we'll be back there cool. Um, and with Abate, you like pay your dues, you yep. know, pretty much like you exactly like you get to be the very first band that plays while they build the stage around you, pretty much, you yep. know. Or and then if you keep doing it, you get to be like uh, Cross Eyed Mary, you know, and they played the main stage last exactly. year, exactly. And, and those are just three cool dudes from up the road here, you yeah, know. That's and, really sweet, yeah. And they got to, and they did a great job, I was there for that too, but. Yeah, and then, but so like you know, it's the con. And when we build the set list, like we did a fireman's ball in Jefferson, and we're like, yeah, we're we're not doing rage there. Either, yeah, I probably know, shouldn't. But, <laughs> but I mean, all the while too, we we're not. We I mean, we can we play a Skinnerd song? Yeah, you know, and yeah. we, we do a handful of like. We do that Georgia Satellite song every now and then. The keep your hands to yourself. Oh or yeah, yeah, yep. But then like if. You know, twenty minutes later, we're we're gonna do some a kill switch engage song. Yep, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like it is that. Well, they know what they signed up for. Exactly. Thing a little bit, you know, but yeah, I'd, I'd have to say your spectrum is slightly wide, but it, it's not like offensively wide. It's not no. like it's not like you're playing um, uh, for the love of money by the OJ's, and then like you know, yeah, kicking out some like Union Underground yeah, the next song, like, Lamb of God. You're like, you holy know. cow, what is going it, on here? It. I mean, I think with four hours, if you're not somewhat diverse, you're gonna get bored. Yeah. But like at the same time, like you're hearing the riddled with class version of the Georgia Satellite song, exactly. You know? And you're, you're, and at the same point, you know. Li- our version of Blink One Eighty Two tunes and stuff yep. like that, you know. But dude, I love playing Blink One Eighty Two songs. They're, they're like they're fun. They're just complex enough to be complex, sure. and, and still so easy. You almost don't even need to look sure, at what you're doing. Sure. So good. So uh, you're pretty good at picking out songs. It sounds like. What about basses? Um, I mean, you always seem to have a couple. Um, pretty pretty neat looking bases do you like do your own modifying to any of the bases i do typically um i I, there's one downstairs right now uh it's my fender it was uh actually belonged it's been passed down ryan nelson had it forever ago yep jimmy dodrell ended up with it and i ended up with it from jimmy and uh it was this black and white mexican p base you know that was banged up and and I mean, there, there's a lot to be said about a bass like that, you know. Yep. But I was like, no, nah, I like this thing. I'm gonna do something with it, yep. you know. And and so I, I ripped all the guts out, took it apart, and I took it down to the body shop where I work at Ford Dodge Ford. Cool. I had them paint it pink and white, like, and they marbled it. 
That's and sweet. then different pick or different pickups. You know, I went with Seymour Duncan. So that's of kinda, course, that's kind of my go-to as a quarter pounders. Yeah, uh, I put one of those Babix full contact bridges on it, uh-huh. and then a hip shot detuner. Yeah, which, those are pretty cool. Yeah, it's rad. I, I don't have one on that one yet. There, I, I, I remember the first time someone told me about one of those, and I'm like, "It's a what?" And they're like, "Oh, it just works like this." And I'm like, "Like how?" Yeah, like I, it just couldn't flip a lever, and you're in drop D or like, or. Oh, C sharp. Yeah, how we like play, it but. didn't wrap. Couldn't wrap my head around it. And then I saw one in person. I'm like, oh, that is cool. And it's so simple. Yeah, like I, and they do them on guitars, but I never see guitar players with them. I, I don't. Know. Um, I got a guitar with a D tuna on the on the back end down on here the on the bridge. End, yeah, but like the problem with that is it's it slides underneath a piece of metal. So if sure. you use it so much, it shaves down oh, the piece sure. that slides under. And sure. then you're like, oh, I'm gonna go and uh, drop D. Yeah, uh, by pushing it in or pulling it out and you're like always a semi-tone off sure. so slightly because of the metals sure worn down sure so it's maybe just a design flaw on the d tunas but yeah um i always dug them but they just never worked as well as they should have unfortunately the hip, i've never had one other than hip shot but yeah bases i got i'm fender's kind of my go-to um just bought an ibanez and the ibanez I mean, even in a 300, which is like just above the entry level stuff. Yep. That it's got the active preamp in it, which uh, it gets it gets weird. You know, like if you're a Fender guy, you crank your like I said earlier, crank your volume all the way up, and you roll the tone to whatever you think it needs to be at. Yep. And you go from there, and like, and then you're like, I have all these sonic options with this, and you just get confused. Yeah. So, so there's preamp in that one. Yep. So. Yep. Uh, do you have? Oh man! I it's mean, like the, bass, you, mid, you, treble, and then cut. Like, or so you boost on one side and you cut on the other side. Okay. And then that switch is like, I don't even know. It, it's the pickup stuff, so it's like series tap and power tap or something. I don't know, dude. Yeah, I mean, when I started like rewiring guitars and stuff like that, I started realizing like there's so much weird stuff you can do. Especially when you get into like some of them with like the like the Fender stuff is pretty, you know, there's a reason though they've made those for 60 years yep. the same 70 years for the same way. Mm-hmm. And then even if you get in like I have a I I have a, a Thunderbird. Yep. You know, and pretty simple, you yep. know. But anything that they put a battery in, holy cow! Yeah, like, the the preamp situation gets really crazy because, like, if you got an active uh, active preamp, um, one that's battery powered, like, I've I run a lot of PV amps. I like PV stuff, sure. and a lot of their stuff is set up where, um, okay, this is gonna sound super weird. Um, if you have a non-active EQs like on a solid state stuff and you have it set at zero and you start cranking it up, it just keeps adding stuff to it the whole way until yep. you're at 10. Yep. Whereas like with most of my PV stuff, they say if you dial everything directly at five, that's zero. And when you dial down towards zero, sure. you're deleting stuff off sure. of the, the preamp. And if you go Boost upwards, you're cut. boosting. And yep. so that was something that was like, I had to wrap my head around for a while. And then you start, like somebody threw one of those in a bass guitar. Yeah. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. Now I really have to think about what's going on. Because do these scoop um, the entire signal coming out or do you mess with... Does so, t- uh, volume, and then that's like uh, your pickup, you know, centered is... Uh, Would be both, both. Blend, blended yep. them. Okay, so that's a pickup blend on there. So you got three knobs on the bottom that's high, medium, medium and low for your preamp, yep. and then it's uh, volume and then pickup select. Yep. All right. Yep. And I mean, some of that stuff, like, it, it's 
it's pretty easy. And then I, sometimes I just feel like there's a lot of knobs, you know, because then you got yeah. all that. You got, and I run some pedals, you know, which yep. is probably not necessarily. Um, I don't see a whole lot of bass players using pedals. Which no, is, but I always dug the fact that you did use pedals. Yeah. I, mean, I always thought that was kind of cool. Well, I started with a little uh, Digitech Mickey Mouse thing, you know, yep. and then. And then I went to a Line 6 pod at the yep. XT Live, which was, it was cool. I could just never get it to do what I wanted it to do it live. It takes you know? forever to dial yep. those in right. If I had some dude sitting there with a laptop, like, tuning it every time, it would have been rad, you know? Yeah. But, and then, yeah, so, like, now, and and then for a little bit, we were a three-piece, you know? And so, like, if Levi was going to take a solo, like, there was a lot of space I had to fill yeah, between drums of- and his solo. Mm-hmm. And so I got into, you know, some of my pedals and stuff. And now we have two guitars and I don't use as many of them. But, like, I I love distortion on a bass. Like, I think it yeah. sounds awesome. Some fuzz. Fuzz, you know, Like yes. the Big Muff Pies, you know. Yeah, man. That's, I, I got one of those. And I uh, I got that weird thing that you have, too, the... Uh, the, God, what are the, the uh, vocal this, this, one? It's a uh, electro harmonics. I think it's called, like, a C1. Yep. Um, maybe, yep. like, a, something like that. It's a... Uh, vocal correction yep yep and i i use mine i'm a terrible singer i'm not the greatest either and i (laughs) use mine some like i didn't use it at the rock and picnic because if it's going to be a situation where i'm the only one singing i feel like it's too blatantly (coughs) obvious that i got and it can be like so this thing you can you you tweak it a little bit and it might fix like where your voice would go flat or something. Yep. If you crank it all up, you're full T pain. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it, and you can change the the quote the, they call it the gender. Yeah. You can change it to super high pitched or super low pitched. And like I said, I don't use it very much, but like there's a song called Drunken Church where uh I crank the gender down as low as it'll go. Sure. And then I, I use that to say the word Jesus yeah. in the song. Which and would it, be, it, yeah. It's kind of crazy, um, but it, it comes out, like, I don't use it too often because it's an extra sure. cable to hook up. And a lot of times the sound guy is just like, no, don't plug that in. And it's sure. like, dude, just, just, just sure. work, you know, so. But, and, yeah. Those, it's it's a neat thing to have. I, I use a wah, too, you know, yeah. for, we do a bass wah, and we do uh do a Lenny Kravitz tune, um, Fly Away. Yeah, I was just going to think. And yeah. it's a little slap and pop with a wah yeah. pedal. And we do, I use it for what I got by Sublime, too. It just adds a weird sound to it, you know. And and I mean, I think, I, I, I got a chorus pedal. I got this, I got that. But I think really those are the two. And then I just picked up a, uh, a Sans Amp pedal, actually. Yep. Um, Wow, that thing. I felt like I've missed out on that. That's just cool, you know. You, you can run without an amp now. Yep. So that's a pre like a preamp that you can go yep. direct into the PA. Into the, yep, into a house PA or yep. something. I always like those um cuz of how simple it would work. Like that's one thing I was like jealous sure. of a bass player. It's like you can come with a bag and it sure. has all your stuff in it. Like sure. you can put that thing in your in your guitar case and bring it with you. Like Yeah, it's awesome because it's just it I mean, and it, it's almost the way I use it usually is like a preamp to my amp, you know. And, yep. And uh, but then like you know, there's times where like uh, Levi and I just did an acoustic show this last weekend. Yeah. Which was my first acoustic show ever. Yeah, it was that's... super weird. Bass players and acoustic shows like we it's different. I mean, it went good. I'm sure we'll do it again. Uh, but I didn't even bring a, an amp. I just set my pedal board on top of of my of the my my board you know because I, yep. I use a wireless board yep and uh and plugged it right into there 
and it, it amazed me how well it worked you know and, yeah and it's it's cool <laughs> like <laughs> so you definitely prefer the fender bases um, absolutely over everything yeah. else i remember seeing you with a th- with a thunderbird a while back uh and i mean those the white always, one those yeah always, they seem so heavy they're heavy. Uh, it's not that bass guitars are light, anyways. But no, yeah. and well, some of them are. That I've been in his ways, nothing. But uh, it looks pretty sleek. The uh, I like the Thunderbird. I just every time I play it, I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, like yeah. it. It's definitely got its place. Um, for a little while there, I was playing with some guys. Um, and we were gonna start doing shows and it never ended up coming to fruition but we were doing classic rock yep and i really like the tone of the thunderbird Bingo. for classic rock totally but. yeah i was gonna say like it just if i was playing a thunderbird for a whole show it's just like man what am i like motley crew or what is this like well, and if you play it first it's almost like you're batting weight you know like when you strap on the fender after playing it's an hour set with a thunderbird you're like well okay this is awesome <laughs> So yeah, like man, I dig the fact that you use pedals. I mean, there's it seems to be something that bassists don't dabble too much with, and I definitely think they should. Like, there's something to be said. I, I'm a guy that likes to use a decent amount of effects, very very little bit, sure, or, sure, or, or or use the effect full bore. So like, sure. like if I was playing bass for some reason, I like having like the tiniest bit of chorus sure. mi- mixed into my signal. I mean, it's not enough to make it sound like I'm playing through a a fish tank or something sure you know? well like, even like duff mckagan he did that a lot a lot a lot a little bit of chorus and a little bit of distortion you know from guns and roses yep. velvet revolver yeah it's a cool sound that, yeah and I'm, i mean maybe it's just my preference but i i definitely think bass players can get away with using a lot more pedals than they ever do sure like uh the bassist in three finger betty has always been like his bass uh, his pedal board's always changing. And I mean, like sometimes sure. he's got full size pedals and micro pedals and he's sure. always wanted to just like, dude, I tried out this Moore acoustic thing they got cause it was cheap and it's like, yeah, it actually sounds pretty good. So it's sure. kind, of, kind of fun. So I get to see like firsthand a guy trying out all these like, you know, sure. micro pedals. Well, and I, I got a stack of them somewhere too. I, it's like, you know, you just kind of like for me, there's never, there's definitely a tone that I've always, I've always wanted, you know? And, yeah. And I talk about like Flea being like my favorite bass player of all time, but I kind of always dug like Hoppus's tone, you know, Mark yeah. Hoppus, okay. Blink Twenty Two, yes. And so like, and that that's kind of an overdriven tone, just not to the point of like all out overdrive, yeah. you know, just like. And he does a lot of cording with a bass too, actually, mm-hmm. and and I mean cording, uh, power chords, you know, yep. but. Like, some of that stuff, like, if you mess with the tone a little bit, you know, you could definitely get lost and confused, and so I can see how people don't do it, mm-hmm. like, because you go too far, and then you're just like, all right, you know? Yeah. I have I... a envelope filter called uh, Baseballs. Uh, <laughs> but, um, that is one that a little bit goes a long way. So you yeah. turn that up, and it's full-on, like, spaceship. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, like... Which would have its applications somewhere, sure. but that's something that's kind of like a like an auto walk kind of sure, sound a little sure. bit, or like a phaser kind of yeah, maybe with like and it has so it's like yeah, it's got like a phase that like follows, you know, it's oh, like a, okay. it kind of hits on like you'll hit the peak and it just off the end of it. <laughs> uh, it's neat. That's it's, pretty crazy. Yeah, I and it always feels like uh, when people start like I don't know. Where would you start with pedals if you wanted to start with pedals? Like um, with guitar, it seems like 
I mean, you could, like you said, you started out with one of those, uh, like a Digitech all-in-one yep. unit. And those things can sound super good if somebody knows yeah, how to absolutely. dial those in, too. Like, yep. I mean, they cost like 50 bucks tops, and sure. they, then they could sound great. But sometimes I feel like there's so much involved in one of those where it's just like they have all these pre- too much. They have presets and everything. And if you're first getting into pedals, it's like, uh, this has compression. What's compression? I don't even know what that is. You know, sure. like, so then you start running through all these, like, you're just confused about everything. And I, I just kind of tried to, um, at least for the guitar, I just picked up, like, first was an overdrive pedal. Sure. And it's like, all right, this will give me uh, a different flavor on every channel. And I use a three-channel amp, so, like... You know, um, on the distorted channel, it just adds extra compression. On on my main drive channel, it, it drives it somewhere closer to uh, all-out distortion, but it still sounds like overdrive. And on the clean channel, then you end up with, like, a bluesy kind of a sound. Sure, if you, if sure, you absolutely. And so then you're like, well, what's next? Oh, there's reverb. And then you just add things one at a time. So I added a reverb pedal, and then I added a chorus pedal, and then I added a delay pedal. And when you think – I feel like when you add things in one at a time, it's not quite as – Overwhelming. Yeah. I, I like, was, that was the thing with, like – that uh, it was a BP ninety or something by Digitech, mm-hmm. and then that line six is it's just like well, I want some of this, you know. But I and and then you're going through it, and there's it, I think it's a great place to start with one of those because, but read the book, you know, yeah. like go through and like figure out and just sit there and mess with it and be like, all right, this is what distortion does to my sound, you know. Because yep. I feel like when you're starting with that, you're like it. I listen to like Levi and Greg and, and guys that are, you know, they're guitar guys or, well, Greg's guitar, Greg, they're musicians, but you listen to them talk about some of this stuff and even still, I'm like, I don't know what that is, man. <laughs> you know, like, I, but like you can definitely do too much with it, but you never really know what sound you want from yourself until you hear the sound, you you know, the tone you want, you exactly. know. Exactly. It's nice to have all those things so that they're there if you need it, you know, and and I, I don't know. Yeah. But if you go too far, then it sounds like a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> you end up with like, and I, like I said, there's always a place for that. Cause like Buckethead was always sure. good for making just super weird noises. That stuff is nuts. Sound good. And so like, I don't know. Kill I, switches and stuff. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. They end Tom Morello with- was another one too, where he's like, I made this one when I dropped this pedal down the stairs and it made a weird sound. So I kept it. You yeah. Know? It's like, okay. Uh, yeah. Or like, you, why did your guitar sound like a laser gun? You know, sure. Like, pew, pew. Like, sure. Oh, whoa. Like for Shante from the Chili Peppers, you know, he his pedal board, I think, was like a quarter mile long. You know, it's just like he'd run <laughs> over here. But it, it's all about like what you want it to turn into, you know. Yeah. And, and I try to keep it pretty simple now. I'm just in the middle there, you know, but it's nice to have that distortion on a bass, you know, a fuzz. It's just, yep. it's a cool, t- it's a cool tone. Yeah. And I, f- I, I always try to like, I never used to use pedals, and then I started using them, and I was like, man, I feel like I'm so reliant on these. I want to try and get away from it. So, like, I went to a stockyard practice we did once without using any pedals just to, like, break myself of using it. Um, I don't use them in Unity. I I guess I use a uh, Tube Screamer with Unity just to add compression to my distortion channel so that that way everything comes out smoother. Um, But... You know, I, I don't know. I I feel like I'm like somewhat addicted to using pedals, and I'm trying to find a way to get around using them because I'm kind of tired of dragging a pedal board everywhere. But I I can't get the sound I want without the pedals I have. Sure. And I just I, and I I think 
that that's a good way to look at it too though as like a supplement to you know like mm-hmm. a, a means to get where you know there there are there are guitar guys that i think are going to be pedal guys no matter what you know yeah. and stuff and that that's cool too but like yeah if you're just using like certain tones to get the 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 means you know yeah I don't know. <laughs> I, I almost feel like sometimes with my pedal board, I should just get like a rack unit and just throw them in a drawer because I don't even like most of them. I don't even step on them throughout the show. Sure, and, but now yeah, you know. Then Le- just I was about over more at, at Levi's last uh, last weekend, and he just got this crazy switcher thing. Yeah, this, where you can do like banks on them and yep, stuff. I was, and I was like, I don't know, dude. That's way more than I understand how to do it. He's like, Yeah, this is a trigger. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I always wanted to try one of those out too, but then it's like, man, my pedal board's only so big, and you know, like, like I, I rock a Chemistry Design Works Holy Board. Shout out. Like, that thing is cool too. Yeah, by dude, the way, I, yeah. I love them. Uh, shout out to Chris at uh, Chemistry Design Works uh, making that Holy Board up there in Minnesota. I love that thing. It's cool. Yeah. The the uh, LEDs. I tried to replicate that. Not that long ago on my pedal board that you saw, I couldn't get the damn LEDs to stick right. And, oh, and then I, I love that. I've had that. I I think it's my favorite thing ever because I was like, how come nobody's ever done this? And I just did it to my holy board and everyone's sure. like, I'm doing this. And now like everybody I know is, it's not like everybody's doing it, but and I don't even care it's if they do cool. it. It's cool. Because it is cool. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very this cool. Most, you know, uh, what are they, copying someone is the most sincere form of flattery or whatever. Absolutely. So yeah, like I'm totally in on it. Use sure. it up. Like especially when you can go to Amazon and buy a lighting setup for one of those things for like twenty bucks. Yeah. Like it doesn't thirty bucks. It doesn't cost too well, much. So, so his pedal board like does these like color patterns with uh, LEDs, and we were like practicing over at Jeff's for the stockyard stuff, and I. I remember just staring down at it, like yeah. getting lost. But yeah, it's I got neat. I got most of the uh, effects send loop on the top shelf, and everything else for the preamp is on the bottom. And the bottom, I have all the lights underneath the board, and the board is raised off the ground like a quarter inch, so the light comes like glowing out from underneath the bottom of the board. It's, and then it's pretty rad. And then underneath the uh, effects loop, it's a different color because the color bank i have on there has two opposite colors yeah. so they're always complimentary you get like a green and a purple and yeah like you know whatever but i always kind of dug that I, it's uh, cool i've been looking to get a new a new holy board i've been trying to contact chris to see if he wants to do a little sponsorship with me and i mean i i'm totally cool mentioning holy boards because i've i've used mine for like two years i played 50 to 100 show i mean let's probably 60 shows in the last sure. two years 70 shows in the last two years i don't even have a case for it and i've been dragging that thing all over the place like my pedals still look great like barely do zip ties ever break off of it like sure. i've got only like tiny scuffs on the edges it still looks great man yeah. I'm, I'm loving it so i i definitely love the product for sure uh we were talking about bases a second ago and we're getting a little short on time but i wanted to talk about the fact that uh it seems like there might be an ep- epidemic going around in in iowa where people are uh taking musicians gear and i don't know exactly what the deal going on there is but it totally makes me sad i just saw a post today some guy had a a luna guitar and a i think he had a martin guitar i saw so that one too it's yeah. like are you serious like yeah. just out of his car They're and to be high end acoustics yeah. yeah and it's and you recently had a guitar stolen from you and it's just one of those things in a small town it's just like are you serious like it has to be somebody we all know or something and it's just a sad situation overall that it happens yeah it uh Mine, I, I don't know, I, I almost, like, it. the main thing to me was mine, it was just a Squire Jaguar bass, you know? Yeah. But I, it was, like, the one I sat down 
and I, I learned our songs with. You know, it was always kind of the one I grabbed. It was just single humbucker. Yeah. Uh, it was active EQ on that one too. Uh-huh. Uh, and that, it was one I found myself like sitting down playing a lot. And street value on that thing, like you take that to a pawn shop, you're probably gonna get like seventy bucks. You know, <laughs> yeah. like. But it had a little bit of sentimental, sentimental value. value uh, when dude. I when I started playing with H Town, I I played that bass every show. I was in H Town. Yeah, man. And I mean, I, I don't know it. I don't I don't know if the thieves really know what they're doing when they're taking these things from. True. I mean, mine like now at this point, it's like it's been I don't know. It's six six seven months you know like yeah so it's probably, it is what it is probably you know? not coming back but yep absolutely yeah. i mean by now and I, i'm good friends with the pawn shop so the guys at the pawn shop you know so yeah. if uh if you're listening to this and you stole my base and you take it there uh, that, that, it's not gonna be good it's not gonna work yeah. out so <laughs> but uh I, I i doubt anybody who stole my base has listened to this but uh I don't know, like Mike, Mike Lowe, you know? Yep. That thing was rad, that oh, bass yeah. that he, he had. that wicked painted that, that Matt Reha painted for him. And I mean, it was like, what What the hell is somebody going to do with that bass? Yeah, like, exactly. One I of mean, a kind, 100% yep. custom. And it was, a, it was, it started its life, I think, as like a Dean bass, you know? Like, yep. So, like, street value on that isn't there, but you take one look at that thing and you know whose it was, yeah. you know? And, and you just, like... I don't know why you would take that from somebody who very so obviously loved that instrument. Exactly. You know? I'm well, that's like that blue Les Paul I play, man. Like if that yep. thing ever disappeared, I'd cry my eyes out. But it's sure. it's hell. I I think I paid a hundred dollars for the guitar. Sure. It's just an Epiphone. It's not worth anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've put it online, and people in forums have even been like, "You made this guitar worth even less than it originally was." I wouldn't give you fifty bucks for it because you ground off all the cool the story, clear. bro. Yeah. <laughs> you like, know, like, so it's it's like yeah, it's not really worth much, but man. But it'd be so I, sad to have it go. And that's what's weird about what we do, you know, with like you know playing instruments and stuff, is like some of this stuff just becomes. I, I don't know. I I have plenty of bases. I don't need. Yeah. I didn't need that one anymore. You know. But like, you you remember things about those those guitars, you yeah. know, and stuff, and like, you become sentimentally attached to them, and it, it's almost exactly. like a romantic thing you know the way you feel about like well that's what i did the first time i went out i was standing next to bill you know playing yep. that song that was the bass i was playing you know and and then then there's other ones that you don't attach to for some reason yeah. you know like in and it's you, a weird even you, thing even if you like the bass more you still might not attach to it as much sure and like I get, I totally get what you're saying. The first guitar I ever had, I got as a Christmas present, and I ended up actually selling it to uh, Justin Rasmussen, and that's what he learned. Um, right. That, that was, uh, I don't know if he still had it when you guys were playing, but it was a Blue Squire with a, like a pit guard that was kind of perloid and stuff. I, I don't know if I saw that one. He might have. But, but yeah. I, th- I think he ended up selling it to another buddy in town here, and somebody told me that it's like hanging up above somebody's mantle right now. Really? Because the, cool. the pit guard was kind of neat, and I chromed it all out. And cool. Stuff, so. But it was just a squire, and it was kind of neat, and I, I kind of miss it. And it's, I don't know if I'd try and hunt it down and find it and get it sure. back. But like same deal. I, I After I had that guitar, I bought an Epiphone Les Paul um studio custom so it's like a really nice looking studio guitar sure that was the one i played so much that like the metal was tarnished off on it and stuff like that sure and and i still have it and i i don't play it anymore i haven't played it in years and it's still your guitar yeah and i've i've sold stuff recently because i've 
trying to get off of some of my extra equipment and I've debated putting that up for sale sometimes, but it's like, man, I might get $300 tops for it. And I, I bought it brand new, yeah. you know? So it's like, I paid 600 ish for it when it was sure. new, like 12 years ago or whenever I bought it, you know? And then, it, yeah. I, well, that was the same way with this one is I was like, I'm not going to ever play that on stage again, you know? But then I was like, ah, I don't get any money for it, you know? Yeah. And I kind of liked the damn thing, you know? Exactly. And, I, I don't know. And the one cool thing about that, though, too, and it's not cool because of the way it has to go about, but I put that on, like, Facebook, you know, like, hey, somebody stole this guitar. Here's a picture, you know. Yep. If you see it, please let me know because it belongs to me, you know. Mm-hmm. It got shared, like, 150 times or yeah. something like that. And, yeah, like, man. it kind of, like, touches a dude, you know, where you're, like, we're all like quiet and all this stuff, but then you know, you to see how many people actually want to help you get your stuff back. Exactly, and it and you know it's not a big deal to them either. But like exactly. they just took a minute, and then I mean I saw that it got shared like 150 times. So who knows how many times it did? And yeah, and now that poor bastard that stole that thing can't go anywhere. Yeah, can't, <laughs> like, can't, can't sell even, it. Can't you even know? leave his basement now. Yeah, and uh, well, I hope he plays bass. It's a fun one to play, you know, but. Yeah, and that's the thing I think a lot of people uh, misinterpret a little bit about musicians is a lot of us are like, I don't know, socially awkward maybe. Um, I mean, everybody is sure. to an extent, but I feel like if you wear your heart on your sleeve, you're going to be a little more socially awkward, and musicians sure. tend to do that anyways. But but we don't lack empathy, man. Like, no, like, definitely like, not. Like, yeah. it, you're never going to see another musician like going out stealing another musician's instrument oh, yeah. They're like that doesn't even make sense because it'd be like i'm i'm not gonna steal your kid yeah. you know like, i'm gonna steal your dog well, and if it's another know? musician too like you know you're like hey man i want to play some bass a little bit i don't have a bass can i borrow one like yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah. like and Anytime. that's how yeah. we like i was i decided last year that i was gonna mess with guitar a little bit and i didn't own one and levi's like here take this and it, it's like this beautiful guitar that i know it, it's not here but yeah. he's got it back because i can't play yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's actually my guitar there but it's a nice looking fender yeah but uh so i just I, he gives me this fender telly and this thing's gorgeous and i'm like holy holy cow he's like yeah play it and, you know <laughs> i mean granted we're buddies too you know yeah. but like yeah musicians aren't gonna do that to each other really you know and, yeah I don't you know it's weird musicians are are weird people too though like there we we can be very complex but we're very simple at the same time yeah. like you got to have some ego you know like yeah, just a touch yeah cuz you the, the, and then we all know the ones that have a lot of ego yeah. you know and, and and the other part about that is sometimes it's justifiable though sure. you know absolutely like, um let's say you've got a lot of ego and you've got a lot of talent and you're gonna play at a bigger show you're gonna need the ego to have oh, the showmanship yeah. for the bigger show i mean sure. it just it makes a little bit of sure. sense but 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 then at the same time we all have like these things and we all have like that that weird crippling self-doubt that hangs around <laughs> yeah. in the background you know and <laughs> exactly like, i i don't know it, it's like we're our, our own worst critics sometimes, you know. I, I love hearing that from other musicians because yeah. I definitely feel that way. Oh, you go and, you know, you're like, man, I had a terrible show. And and then, it, and I guess if I look out in the crowd and I see, you know, you're there. Or I look out, I see like Jeremy Ober there. Yep. Or, you know, uh, even Clint from the Blue Ribbon Ramblers. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to put on a little better show that night. Yep. <laughs> Not necessarily, you know, but I, I'm definitely going to be more aware of the parts that I might slip up on. Yeah, you know? exactly. And But at the same time, like, I'd never hear one musician say, 
yeah, man, you had a bad show or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's always, it's a very accepting and encouraging uh, group to be a part of, you know, and. Yeah, I definitely feel that's that's something for sure. Uh, there's like certain clicks in certain areas where sure. I feel like if, yeah. if you get away from the show and then you're sitting at an after party, it might get a little bit different sure. uh, response from a private situation, which even then it's better than saying anything negative in public. But sure. that's something I think that even playing shows the last two years, I don't think I've ever heard one thing uh, that negative publicly said about any other band at a gig i was at which is kind of nice because it's yeah. like at least we're not e- even if you don't like the music or or for some reason you don't like another person you're playing with nobody runs anybody down like sure. at a show because we're all there to have fun and play music and we all have the same well um, and i think like goal in mind there's times where like bands and musicians can be competitive with each other yeah and in in a way you probably kind of have to be you know yeah. a lot of times um you know i mean my band's up for the same gig that this guy's band's up for, you know, or whatever. Yep. And I mean, you can be competitive and and not be uh, salty. I don't know, yeah. you know, like, yeah. but like, I don't really look at it as like somebody else's success is not my failure. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just have something to strive for then. And we, like, we as a band, we've always kind of strived to just get better, you know, just play tighter let's add some new stuff you know let's get this going and and i i don't know but there are like some people that sometimes they're competitive and they're they got to be salty about it you know and yeah it just happens um i mean it happens in everything i'm sure but it's kind of of a life thing i guess it it does kind of get a little disheartening when you hear it happen though like somebody says something negative about um like oh they i can't believe they played this song and it's like Dude, they played 48 other songs you liked. Like, sure. why did you have to key in on the one sure. bad thing they did? Yeah. Oh, we're going to key this entire show for for Jim over there, you yeah. know, or what? It's, it's, and it's tough because I, I mean, like, I feel like that happens almost everywhere you go and in, in most facets of life, anyways. Cause sure. it's, it's, I mean, God, I, I feel like the first 25 to 30 years of my life were like, me trying to get over negativity and yeah. now it uh, feels like i just don't have time for it anymore so. yeah and and that's kind of i don't know like i guess yeah that it's just if you don't have I, it's like that if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it thing you know yeah, and, man and like you said i can't believe they play that song there's at least two songs in our set list every night that we're playing them that I'm like, damn it, I have to play this song. Even, even, you're, you know? even you're like, I can't believe yeah. I played that song. Kryptonite went three doors down. Oh, damn it, I hate for, that song. But for some reason, everybody loves it. It, it, it will never die. It, it kills <laughs> like, it when you guys never, play it. Yeah, or, or She Hates Me by Puddle of Mud. There's yep. another one that you could, if if you're ever there and you see me, and that that is the most sincere face you'll see from me the whole night. I'm just like... <laughs> But by the end of it, I'm into it. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So uh, uh, we're running about an hour here. Uh, right. On. A little over an hour, actually. It's a pretty good podcast, man. I don't even feel like time's gone by. <laughs> yeah. We, we've had a nice little chat here. Yeah, we'll have to sit down and do this again since we're in close proximity. Sure. Um, it always feels nice to sit down with somebody like I kind of know a little bit, and then yeah. you, get, you get to. Um, we've known each other a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you really want to throw it back as far as we can, like. 
you were my like third grade or fourth grade like flag football coach Absolutely. or something. Absolutely, I so, remember like, that. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Uh, we've known each other for quite a while. We've we played exactly one show together. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we yeah, probably do another one sometime. I, I feel yeah. like we should. Um, if nothing else, just try to find an open mic night and everybody sure. just show up, sure, dick yeah. around a little bit. Yeah. Oh man. So yeah, that'd be good. Uh, uh, once I'll just recap a little bit. Just sit down with Nick Earhart. But yeah, uh, Riddle with Class definitely worth checking out for the cover band scene. They play a lot of bars. Sure. You guys play a lot of like uh, uh, like street dances. You play a few of them here and there. Few like of you them, played yeah. one in Pomeroy a couple of years ago. Maybe Does that sound right. Uh, I don't. I don't know. It's been a little while. Uh, we play over in Pomeroy sometimes. We did actually. We did Pomeroy's days this year outside. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um. um I mean, like that abate rally was a big one. Sure. I mean, we're uh, doing patties this Friday night. Which, sweet. Yeah, which I love playing patties. Yeah. But, uh, we played there last Thanksgiving with Three Finger Betty, and that place yeah. was packed. Yeah, it's it's just a cool old old dirty room at the back of the bar, you know. With yep. like They got the Mount Rockmore on the wall, yep. you know, and and I I've known Nick Rosendahl forever, and he tells me stories about that place, you know. Mm-hmm. And, so it's just got this aura about yeah, it to me. Yeah, it's a semi-local aura. And Jean is cool. She's always cool. She's always treated us right and I, stuff. So. Yeah, that was one of my favorite places like uh, to go as a band because she just kind of was just like pretty much just like, don't be friggin' stupid and then just do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, That's it, right? And, and, it's, and it's kind of like an awesome thing. It's just like, don't do anything dumb. And I, other than that, I don't care what you do. Just like <laughs> yeah. come in here and play your st- play your stuff. Don't say mean stuff to anybody. Don't yell dumb stuff yep. on the microphone. Just yep. just do it. You know, yep. it's it's awesome. I mean, that was also one of the places that uh, they have a who's a sound guy there. Do you know Mark Gales? Dude, yeah. so good. So Mark uh, and uh, Jake and Greg have a hell of a relationship because Mark's the sound guy for Jake Clyde Band. Okay, um, and we've hired Mark a few times. Mark is. Well, he's in the Iowa Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for oh, being man. a sound guy. Yeah, he's Dude, he we, knows what he's doing. When we played there, the sound was so good. Like I could tell from the stage that the sound was good, and yeah. and we ended up getting paid pretty decently because the show, like, there's so many people there. Sure. And it's not that like we we make uh, a living out of giving away some of our payday, but it was just like, sure. dude, we're giving the sound guy a tip because of how good this sounded. Like, yeah. Us and the other bands all decided well, let's give him a little bit of our cut because he got paid too but he got sure. paid less than we did and it's like how are you getting paid less and sure. you made it sound this good you had to sit here just as long as we did work he's, twice as long he's good when Dude. we did uh last year not this past summer but the summer before rwc did the saturday night at the uh rocket picnic yeah and we hired mark for that one too he just it just does good, dude. He's a good, so good. He's yeah, and those he's are, a good dude too. I, I feel like that's something that doesn't get talked about enough is good sound guys. Because like, I mean, some places there's no sound guys. Sure, that's tough. Sure, like you got to do we, your own sound. Usually, we are our own sound yeah. guy. I'm yeah. kind of the sound guy, and Libby is kind of the sound guy. Yeah, and you guys do pretty good. You got a nice uh, little PA system yep. that's not like exorbitantly huge, sure. but, but it's still high functioning sure. enough to work. You know? I, I'm, I can strongly recommend, though, the UI, or the Soundcraft boards, the UIs. Yeah. Especially if you're going out and kind of playing a lot of similar places, you can go and get, you, we hired Mark one time, and like, to do it at a at a place, mm-hmm. and he set up this baseline, and I click save, you know, and like, yep. so when we show up to a new bar now, I pull up this thing and it says Mark Gale setup <laughs> on it. I double click on that 
and we just kind of tweak it from there. Yep. And well, that's pretty awesome. Yep. Yep. And they're they're pretty inexpensive. They make a twenty four channel one too. Yeah. Which if you have way more money than me, that's probably the way to go. You ever try to pull live audio off of it? Because I mic- have a little bit. Yeah. Are you micing up the guitars through it and everything? Yep, micing everything except uh, I mean some of the drum stuff we don't you know, but it's gonna get picked up anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I I have. Um, it's been a little while actually. I forget you can do that. <laughs> but yeah. like. I mean, I'd totally recommend it, even if you just go get, like, a Tascam DR40, like, something like one of these, and then you just send the outs all right, right on. into one of these, and it just takes it that way. Or you can just get one of these focus rights and send it right to a laptop. Right on. And, I mean, I, 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 for some reason, I'm totally into just, like, recording live sounds at shows, and I, I, I think it's something some bands need to do. Because, like, sure. do you guys have any live stuff online? Uh, some videos like going oh, live your, your on Facebook. Facebook. Totally, yep. yeah. And then there's yeah. there's a YouTube channel, um, that covers like even way back, you know. And some of those I watch them, I'm like, ah, cringe a little bit, you, you know. But you'll, you'll have to send me a link so I can share at sure, least share sure. um the Facebook and sure. the YouTube channel, like anything you got really. Sure. But yeah, I uh, I'm really big into the YouTube community and trying to support other people's pages and sure. stuff like that. So yeah. I need to, every now and then I was like pulling the videos back off of Facebook and putting them onto YouTube too. Yep. I've just been incredibly lazy about it. It, it does take a lot of time. Yeah. Like, I mean, the uploading, dude, and- the uploading and then the saving of an edit is like the two things that take the most time. Sure. I can edit something in five minutes and then it takes 20 minutes to save it. Save it. it. And yeah. then you're just like, all right, then I retitle it and put it in this folder. And then when you upload it, it takes 40 minutes to upload it. So like half of it is me going outside to. And I, a- I recommend like bands, if you're out there, go live on your Facebook. You, you'd be surprised at how many people you see watching it. Exactly. Actually, you know? And maybe you can drag their ass out to a show sometime then, actually. Because I think that's the thing we all want, is we all want more people to come out and watch, you know? Like you, if you come out and you think we suck, don't you don't have to come again. But just come yeah. once, Yeah, come you once know? and check like, it out. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do stuff with a, with a phone and record live, yep. I would definitely recommend going on Amazon and looking up, like, they make them for, like, they're, like, $10, and they're omnidirectional microphones for the bottom of it. That, really? That actually, cool. they make the sound sound thousands of times better than just a phone. And so, the, our trouble we had, and, and we're using... Uh, Lib's got I got a, a Galaxy Note 8, mm-hmm. which is a nice phone, you yeah. know. Uh, lights pointed at it, yeah. And and then Facebook, you know, they're they're putting you at it like 240p or whatever yeah. anyway when you're uploading. So then, or when you're going live. So mm-hmm. then we started just recording them on the phone, and they turn out way better, you yep. know. And then uploading them, yep. But th- there's a good afternoon right there to throw up two or three videos. Yeah, you know? it takes and, takes a while, man. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I like I like to have jokes with uh, Bob Minter from Code Zero Radio about, how, about he, how, he's been our sound guy a couple of times dude, actually. Bob I Minter, he's a rig awesome love dude. Bob. Oh man, so like uh, we always talk. He always made jokes online about how people would record stuff with a phone vertically because everybody holds their phone vertically anyways. Yeah. And then if you upload it to YouTube, you get this tiny little sli- yeah. sliver of a video. There's a few amount there with RWC <laughs> on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, I was trying to recommend people tip the tip the phone sideways yep. if you can because most people are gonna watch on something that's sideways anyways. Sure, and you can turn your phone sideways. So. Yeah, but yeah, uh, we're getting pretty close to running overtime here. But right uh, I don't I don't want to keep you too much longer. If we got more to talk about, we can save it for another podcast for sure. sure. But dude, this is this is sweet. Thanks for sitting down with me, having me over, and uh, 
and let me do a podcast with you. He kind of bailed me out because I was, I had one scheduled for this week, and and the guy couldn't do it because he he was busy with some tour dates yeah. and stuff. So it was like, oh man, I need I need to hit somebody up. So I today I was frantic. I hit up a handful of people like, hey, can I do one with you? Hey, can I do one? And like, I'm just waiting for people to respond, and you hit me up, and it was like nice. I don't have to go Sweet. far because we're yeah. kind of local to one another. So it was pretty awesome. Yeah, man. Anytime. Yeah, definitely. Uh, appreciate it. Everybody go check out Riddled with Class. Uh, friend of a friend, if you're going to do any of those shows again, it's, it, you it said we, you might yeah, end we'll up starting a few something. of those out. So, yeah, yep. check them out, too. Definitely. Uh, Nick Earhart, bass, bass player for Riddled with Class. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Whew. Yeah, that was a long one. That's uh, also a great one. Uh, glad to sit down with Nick and talk to him about a handful of things. I mean, we covered a lot of ground in that conversation, so hats off to him uh, bailing me out on a short notice. I uh, pretty much just asked him in the beginning of the day if he wanted to do a podcast, and we, we set up a time, and we made it happen, and holy cow, that was a that was a great conversation. Make sure you check him out. He plays bass with Riddled with Class. I mean, they're a great band. I've got some of their links down below, so make sure you check them out. Otherwise, I do have a show date I wanted to mention. I have a show coming up on Saturday, November 17th with Unity at Vaudeville Muse. We're going to be playing some metal there. We're opening up for Raven. That's going to be that's going to be a great time. So I can't wait for that. That's going to be sweet. The next night, uh, I will also be at a show, but I'm not going to be playing on it because that's the Generation Axe show at Hoyt Sherman. And that's also going to be a heck of a show. So if, you, if you're going to that show, say hi. I'll be there for sure. Um... Otherwise, if you see me at any shows uh, locally, I usually have stickers with me. So get a hold of me. I've usually got stickers. I can hook you up with a sticker or something like that. Make sure you uh, check us out online for sure. We've got all sorts of stuff on YouTube. Uh, other than the podcast, we've got videos of a lot of bands from around the area playing live shows. I upload bands, uh, videos with permission, of course, and I, I give them all the credit in the world. So make sure you check those out because those are pretty sweet. Um, I don't put any ads on them at all so there's no advertisement asking you to skip ads and stuff like that so it's pretty sweet i just do it as a gesture of something kind of to the other bands because i like i like to record myself just to see what it looks just to see what it looks like i guess so i've got i've got a bunch of stuff online so make sure you check that out we're also uh doing all sorts of stuff on twitter i like twitter for some reason so if you wanted to interact with audible farm on twitter go for it otherwise uh We've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we post all sorts of goodies, um, just pretty much all over the internet. So thanks for all that. Um, once again, thanks to everybody for just tuning in, listening to the podcast. We made it through eight episodes. We're going to do maybe a hundred more. I don't know. We're going to do. We're just going to keep doing this. I don't know. So tune into the next one. The next one is going to be just as good. I promise. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll check you next time.